locked in to Simple Man Sports. Lone Star. Yes, it is time for another episode of Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I am your host, Dane Powell, and this is Texas Sports Only. Drama-free, no nonsense. You want to know what's going on with, with, with criminal investigations or, or off-the-field nonsense? You can go to them other places, man. That's not what we're doing here. Right here is Texas Sports Only. Drama-free, no nonsense. Simple Man Sports simplemansports.com that's where you can go to find most of our stuff youtube all the socials uh podcast on most of podcast forms uh i'm not sure probably not all of them but we're 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 going across a bunch of them so just check out your uh your favorite podcast platform and you can probably find some lone star action we're going to be talking cowboys Texans, Astros, Rangers, Baylor, some Longhorns, UMHB, and we go over the scores for the student athletes in the Central Texas area with the Sen Tech scoreboard. That's right, you'll hear about everything from Parker Heights to Colleen and Temple and Belton. We're, we're right here and we're getting it done on Simple Man Sports Lone Star. So we had a busy day on Saturday, lots of college football going on and Baylor getting some things done again. Now we saw we saw a nasty loss there against BYU a couple weeks back, really kind of shook the shook the faith on the Bears there. But, uh, you know, pretty dominant performance last week and this week they go against Iowa State number 17 Baylor. Goes against their conference rival on Saturday. Get the win, 31-24. Blake Shapin goes 19 for 26, 238 yards, three tutties. Uh, you know, he looked efficient. A lot, of, a lot of bootlegging in the red zone, getting it done, getting him, getting him touchdown situated. Richard Reese right there with him on the production end, 21 carries. 78 yards, one touchdown. He had a he threw a reception in there too. Little little four yard, little four yard dude. Uh tough 19 yard run in the third. Made it a two score game. Richard Reese looks good out there. Gavin Holmes had three receptions for 90 yards and a tutty. Look, that's 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 big yardage. Three receptions for 90. I don't, even, I don't even know what that, I don't even know what that average is. It's 30. Yeah, 30. 30 yards per catch. He had a 38-yard touchdown off a trick play in the fourth. Wide open, double reverse flicker deal. Uh touchdown, Gavin Holmes. Ben Sims at five receptions, 39 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Sims Sims got the day started actually with a touchdown catch crucial fourth and two in the red zone got Baylor going on the day performance wise good all around game for Baylor Uh, spread it out decent ground air pretty even distribution 
constant scoring. They had they had a touchdown in every quarter of this game against Iowa State uh, at a field goal to the second quarter. Ten points there. Devin Neal Jr., big interception to get the second half going. I mean, great ball awareness on this play. Uh, you, you have to see it if you get a chance. Go go look it up. Check it out. But uh, the the ball awareness to to get your hands on that coming out of the locker room to start the second half of the game. Good job on you, Devin Neal Jr. Christian Morgan jumped in on the fun, collected the second pick for Baylor. He got that done in the fourth quarter. Turnovers were really the 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 difference here. Um, once Baylor started getting them, that was it. Iowa State, division rival, falls to the Bears. And now the Bears look forward to a week five conference matchup again, this time against number nine, Oklahoma State. This is going to be a home game. Going, going back to McLean Stadium here, there's been decent turnout, decent support out there, seeing a, seeing a lot of yellow at these games. So Baylor's... Uh, you know, Baylor, Baylor might be turning into a sports town. I'm going to go out on a limb here. It might be turning into a sports town. You got the basketball going on, football, top 25. I mean, you know, got a little bit of action on the women's side. Baylor's, Baylor's, getting, some, Baylor's getting some sports stuff going on here, so it may just turn into a sports town. We'll see. But they go back to McLean Stadium to face off against OSU. OSU coming off blowout win over uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, destroyed them. But this is going to be Oklahoma State's first matchup against a top 25 team this season. So we'll see how they hold up. Baylor facing their first top 25 team since BYU, I believe. And now we head south to Austin. University of Texas Longhorns are two and two. The number 22 Longhorns went out west to play Texas Tech out in Lubbock. They lost in a heartbreaking overtime, 34-37. I mean, they, they, they fought the whole way. Late, late drive to tie the game, force overtime. Hudson Card went 20 for 30 for 277 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Nah, that, that one interception, I think, made the difference here. Well, I mean, you know, can't make plays if you're giving the ball up. Bijan Robinson, 16 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. Bijan Robinson had himself a day. But unfortunately for him, he will not be remembered for that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But Hudson Card actually spread the ball pretty well between the receivers. Xavier Worth, Keelan Robinson, both got it in the end zone. Uh, Card doing a decent job stepping in. Now, the reason Robinson will not be remembered for his stellar performance on the ground is because of a fumble in the first possession of overtime. That fumble, that turnover, gives the ball back to Tech. They drive it down the field. Field goal wins it. 34-37, heartbreaker out there in Lubbock. 
But on the plus side, they're coming back home to Austin. They got West Virginia coming up. Conference matchup. Steve Sarkeesian, Longhorns looking to rebound off of this one. This one's going to sting for a little bit, but things might be looking up because QB Quinn Rivers out with a shoulder issue could make his return. Now, he dressed for Texas Tech. He was out there. If something went down with Hudson Card, pretty sure Quinn would have been able to step in there and uh, maybe be serviceable. But I think there's a chance he comes back here for West Virginia. And then uh, the whole trajectory might change for the Longhorns. And now we'll take a look at that late game, the A&M Aggies. They faced off against number 10 Arkansas last night. And the Aggies moved to 3-1 and one after a close win. Now, the Razorbacks made a late push in the fourth, got it closer, made it a two-point game. Missed field goal by Arkansas, shut this thing down. Uh, hit, off the, hit off the top of the upper right, uh, upright. And uh, that was it for Arkansas. Heartbreak and a win for the Aggies. Aggies coming out on top on this one should reflect pretty well in the AP Top 25. Give them a little boost, maybe get them in the teens there. We'll see. Next up on October 1st, the Aggies are heading to Mississippi State. And we will let you know how all of that goes next weekend. Right now, you are listening to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. It is Texas sports only. We are going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Welcome back into Simple Man Sports Lone Star. We're doing Texas sports only here. Your favorite teams, your favorite place. If you want to find our content, all you have to do is slide into simplemansports.com. You can find all of the socials and the and the podcast links and the other accoutrements of videos and whatnots and yeah, all, all that stuff. But what you're going to find here is Texas sports only. And right now we're going to run it on over to the MLB where we are going to take a look at the Texas Rangers. Oh boy. Well, they are now 65 and 86 on the season after dropping the second game against the Guardians, but we'll we'll get to that here in a second. I mean, you know, they finished they finished this series last week with a loss against the Rays on Sunday, and then they spent the rest of the week winning a series against the Angels. Now they lost five to two on Tuesday, and then back to back wins seven to two on Wednesday and five to three on Thursday. Right now. They're kind of on the heels of the Angels for third in the AL West. I mean, you got to shoot for something, right? So, you know, right there, uh, game or game, game and a half back, I think. Uh, I'd have to I'd get a look again. But anyway, they're, they're right there for third AL West, um, you know, but they're probably not going to be there for incredibly long because they just dropped – the first two games of a three-game series against the Guardians. Um, 
you know, I, it's the Rangers doing Ranger stuff, man. I mean, that's, that's where we're at at this point. Uh, four to two dropped it to the guardians. Just no offense. Offense isn't there. You can't, you can't, it's getting harder and harder to win games in the show when you're only putting two on the board. So uh, they gotta, they've got to work on it. 65 and 86 right now on the season. So obviously below 500 this year and uh, you know, go Rangers. (laughs) And then we've got the Houston Astros. Thankfully they're doing a little bit of winning here. So we've got those guys to bank on. They swept the Rays in a three-game series starting the week off, and then they drop the first two games of a four-game series against the Orioles. And not only did they drop the first two games of this Orioles series, but they got shut out. Two to nothing on Thursday, six to nothing Friday. But you've got to keep in mind they're they're gonna be they're gonna be starting to rest folks, you know, play things a little bit differently here with this last what 10 games or so. Uh they're you know, they're they're locked in for the playoffs. I don't know how important seeding is for them, if it's even advantageous for them. I mean, you know, that's that's stuff they gotta figure out. They gotta figure out their approach and and uh it's going to be tight here with uh, with the Yankees. But the Strohs mount a huge comeback against Baltimore in the ninth. They win it 11-10. to 10. That is game 100 for them on the season. Game 100 for Dusty Baker. Now, that, that, makes, that makes Dusty uh, just the fourth manager to win 100 games in both leagues i mean hats off to you dusty i mean you're you're literally kind of dusty at this point but hey man you're still you're still winning at the highest level so they're going to be running back to the playoffs uh you know if the playoffs started today the astros would play the winner of tampa bay and toronto in the alds Astros close out the series with the Orioles today, 12.05, and then they get set for a two-game series against the Diamondbacks. Coming down the final stretch here, got nine more left, and uh, it's it's postseason time. They'll take a little break in between, obviously, because they got such a high-end record, but after them wild cards get wrapped up, it's time for some October baseball, man. We're getting ready to get into this week's Centex scoreboard, but before we hop into some of our high school football from around the area, we are going to take a look at the crew. It's UMHB, reigning stag bowl champs, had themselves a game yesterday against Harden Simmons. Now, quick recap, they ran all over Southwestern University and got the win last week, 68-14. to And then yesterday, they went out to Abilene and played Harden-Simmons. Regular rivalry between these two, but UMHB comes out, 
handles business. It now, hey, it looked like it was getting ready to maybe be a shootout there in the in the, the first quarter, getting in the second there. I wasn't I wasn't sure, but UMHB rounded in the form and made it happen 50 to 20. Several big plays on the day, 44 yards, King today junior for the touchdown. Two fumble recoveries on back-to-back possessions for UMHB. The Division Three studs keep it moving, and they go to a game against Austin College next week. Now it is time for a segment we call the Centex Scoreboard. It is time for the Centex scoreboard. This is the part of the show where we look around Central Texas and give some credit to our student athletes. I'm talking Temple, Belton, Colleen, Copperas Cove. This is Central Texas. So we make it a point to go over the scoreboard, check out the local games, the standings, see what's happening in our districts. All right, we've got Conference 5A, Division 1, Region 1, District 4, the Colleen Kangaroos, 2 and 2 overall, 2 and 0 oh inside the district. They are currently ranked second in district standings. They beat Granbury last week 40 to 22, and this week coming up they'll be looking to get a win at Midlothian. Shoemaker Gray Wolves come in at three and one overall, three and one in the district. They're ranking third right now in the standings, coming off a win against Ellison, 16 to eight. Next up, they are at Red Oak. The Lake Belton Broncos, four and one overall, two and one inside the district. Right now, they are fourth in the district standings. They shut out Waco 42 to nothing, and they have Cleburne Yellow Jackets coming up at home. Then we've got the Ellison Eagles, 1-3 overall, 0-2 in the district. They're currently 7th in the district. They took a loss to Shoemaker, 8-16, and next they've got Waco at home. Sliding over in Conference 5A, Division 2, Region 3, District 11, we've got the Belton Tigers. Right now, they are 3-2 and two overall, 1-1 one and one in the district. They currently stand second in district rankings. They beat Pflugerville 28-7, and they have the Elgin Wildcats coming up. Now we take a look at Conference 6A, Region 2, District 12. We started off with the Temple Wildcats. They are 3-2 overall, 1-0 inside the district. They beat Bryan last week, 53-19. Now up, we've got Conference 6A, Region 2, District 12, and we're going to get it fired up with the Temple Wildcats. 3-2 overall right now, 1-0 in the division. They are currently ranked first in the district standings. I keep, you know, I do this division thing. I say division. It's a bad habit. Got to stay on top of it. All right. Next up, we got Harker 
Heights Knights. Four and one overall, one and one in the district. They currently stand second in district standings. Beat Weiss Wolves 21 to 14. And next, they've got Midway at home coming up. That is for the Harker Heights Knights. And then we've got the Copperas Cove Bulldogs, 2-2 two and two overall, 0-0 inside district play, fifth in district standings. They've got Brian Vikings next week at home. And that is your Sentex scoreboard for the week. Shout out to all of those student athletes for staying on the grind and giving us some great high school football here in Central Texas. You're listening to Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. Welcome back to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I'm your host, Dane Powell, and we are here talking Texas sports because that's all we do. That's that's literally all we do. Texas sports only here on Simple Man Sports Lone Star. You ain't getting no drama, no nonsense, no off the field junk. I, I honestly, I just don't care about it. So I don't want to talk about it. You're just getting Texas sports. And uh, that's where we're rolling. And we can't talk Texas sports, of course, without getting to the Cowboys. One and one to start the season. Devastated after week one. Obviously, Dak goes down. The whole organization is up in arms. It's It just didn't, didn't look like there was any promise for the future. Nobody knew what to expect from Cooper Rush, but he might be okay. The Cowboys shocked the world with a win over Cincinnati. Wasn't expecting it. Thought Joe Burrow and his weapons out there would get it done against an ailing Cowboys, but they get the win 20 to 17. It's it's still it's still really hard to read where they're at what they are how they're going to look moving forward cooper rush might be okay i know we you know you get excited in a situation like this you think hey maybe he's the guy maybe this might work out all right but like i said i'm having a hard time figuring out if this is legit or just one of those situations where Maybe the underdog mentality, they they stepped up because of all the doubt. Because I'm in all honesty, it doesn't look good. It it doesn't look good over there. But you've got some some people stepping up. Defense look better this week. Saw them in the backfield quite a bit. I think they got uh, five sacks total on the day. They were all, I mean, they were all over Burrow. But again, I don't. I don't know if that's more of a Cowboys doing good or Bengals O-line being trash. Like that's that's the 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 dilemma we're at here. But you know, the defense did look better than they did in week 1. Couple of guys been stepping up. They haven't had a choice. You've got 
Dak out, so obviously Cooper Rush has to step up, or I, I don't know what, what do you what do you got Ben Denucci? I don't you know. So Cooper Rush, hopefully he's serviceable. Gallup's been out. Nothing you could do about that. Cooper's gone. You got CD, but he's drawing all the prime coverage. So you have to have other guys stepping up. Zeke looks like an old Zeke. That's Zeke does not have the explosion he used to. He's tired. I don't even think the dude's into football no more. But dude's stepping up around him. Tony Pollard, my opinion, number one back. Tony Pollard is the number one back in Dallas. Way more explosive. Pass catching ability. I mean, the results are there. He he demolished, demolished Ezekiel's output. I mean, Zeke got more carries, 15 for 53. But Pollard only got nine and he got 43. He's average, averaging 4.8 a carry. And he got in the end zone. And then you start talking about the receiving game. Well, Pollard is head and shoulders above Elliott. Pollard had four receptions for 55 yards. He averaged 13.8. That's second on the team. Behind who? C.D. Lamb? Nope. Behind a guy named Noah Brown. Look, Noah Brown and Cooper Rush, they got something going on, man. There's, there's something there. And Noah Brown is taking advantage of every single opportunity he is getting. He had five receptions, 91 yards, and a tutty. It's 18-yard average. 18-yard average. His target share has been looking great. His rapport with Rush is is obvious. Um, even even when Gallup comes back, I'm not sure he's going to chew into Noah Brown's uh, target share too much. I think that target share is there, and it's going to stay there. So keep an eye out for Noah Brown. He's he's been stepping up. He's looking good. Cooper Rush is helping with that, looking serviceable. And, uh, you know, Cooper Rush is looking decent. Is he looking Dak decent? I don't think we're there. But but listen to this now. Old Jerry, old Jerry Jones there, he, uh, he was talking on the radio this past week about his quarterback situation. Situation. And he went ahead and said that he wouldn't mind a quarterback controversy. Now, what in the hell would you go and say some stuff like that for? That's probably the last thing y'all actually need in Dallas as a quarterback controversy because you got enough quarterback issues that is as it is. The one you're paying all the money can't stay healthy. But it made me look at it from a different perspective. Like, why would you say this? Why would why would this guy go out there and say this, put this, put this out in the waves and just spark this fire? 
And I think it's because Jerry has got some questions. He's not sure. Yes, he just paid him a ton of money, but he's not sure. He doesn't, he doesn't know where he's at half the time, let alone what he should be doing with Dak. But I think he might be hoping maybe Cooper Rush can step up and pull a Dak, come in for the veteran quarterback, take his spot, and then Dak retires and joins Tony Romo on a broadcast team. Now, now I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but maybe that's what Jerry's, uh, you know, poking at here. Maybe that's what he's trying to get at. Uh, but like I said, right now it's Cooper Rush until until we get Dak back. I still say six weeks from from date of injury, but we'll see. We'll see how it pans out, and then even when he gets back, I mean, what's the odds he smacks another helmet with his hand? You know what I mean? So just going to have to roll with it. But they pulled out the win this week. And next week, they've got a divisional matchup against the undefeated. Yes, I said that. That, that is correct. Undefeated New York Giants. They're going to the Meadowlands. Primetime Monday night football tomorrow night. They're going to go out there, see what they can do with old Danny Dimes and Barkley. Barkley's looking good this year, so they're they're really going to have to focus on shutting him down. Don't see a whole lot of threat in the passing game. I don't even know if Kadarius Tony is playing for the Giants this week. He may be out, not sure. But I do know that Schultz and Gallup and Parsons are questionable for this game. Schultz and Gallup, you know, you kind of work around it. It kind of. Parsons, Parsons being out is a problem. This is a completely different defense without Micah Parsons. Van Der Esch, Van Der is not Parsons. That's what this comes down to. So don't expect Parsons results if if it's just Van Der Esch in there, but they're going to go. They're going to see if they can get it done against the Giants here in week three. Now, speaking of week three, that means that there's been one, two, getting ready to be three weeks of me watching these Houston Texans sputter their way into another NFL season. 19 to 16 loss against a horribly, horribly coached Denver team. Okay. Houston go, <clears throat> Houston Texans go to 0 1 and 1. They looked unimpressive on both sides of the ball. Terrible efficiency on the day. Two for 13 on third downs. Two for 13. Mills looked uninspiring at best defense gave up 10 unanswered points in the fourth they're just not looking good um i don't i don't know what to expect for them until they draft a legit qb they're gonna have to get a legit qb and uh a couple more weapons see what they can maybe do about some 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 trench work they've got the draft picks coming so they've got a they've got some holes to fill 
0-1 and 1 to start the season. Damian Pierce, a little bit of a bright spot. He led the team in carries 15 for 69. Burkhead wasn't wasn't a factor in this game. Uh you know, I think he had two receptions for nine yards. I stand corrected. I thought Burkhead was who they were going to be leaning on here, especially for maybe the first half, first quarter of the season, while, uh, you know, Pierce gets his legs underneath him. No pun intended. But I think they're just throwing him to the wolves, man. I think it's it's, hey, kid, get out there. See what you can make happen. We got to see what you got. So they got draft coming up. Maybe they maybe they need another running back. Who knows? But Damian Pierce, 15 for 69. Nico Collins stepped up on the day. He's a guy I've been looking for to, to really step up. He needed to have a game like this where he showed he is a viable option. Four receptions, 58 yards. Right there, right there with uh, Brandon Cooks on the day. Brandon Cooks, four receptions, 54 yards. Neither were, you know, world beaters, but solid enough. You get you get a little bit more out of both of them guys. Maybe you walk out of here with a W. Because Denver, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Denver and Nathaniel Hackett, but. Oh, oh, hack it, can't hack it. You know what I mean? It's uh, there has been some terrible, terrible coaching going on over there. But the Texans couldn't even uh, couldn't even get it done with that. They're hoping to get it done against the Bears now. Bears are going to be looking to, to uh, rebound from loss from Green Bay. So, you know, this matchup, Damian Damian Pierce should have a good matchup. He should have a good matchup. The Bears gave 203 to Green Bay on the ground last week. So if they want to see some stuff from Pierce, now might be his chance to shine. Show him a little bit of a little bit of what he's got and show him that they don't they don't need to draft another running back. But should be a good day for him. We'll see on the receivers. It's it's gonna come down to Mills. How's he slinging it? How's he looking? Um, another, another mediocre week for the Texans. Lovey Smith, he's going to be looking to get a win. He still hasn't beat him since he left him in 2012. He was there, got an NFC championship appearance there. You know what I mean? He was there, got an NFC championship appearance. And I think he lost to them last year with the Bucks. So he's looking to get a W against them guys. I know he is. They'll look to get it done. Who knows? I don't I don't even know in this game. They're both middle of the road teams. I'm not even sure if this is something worth watching, but you can't pick your Texas teams. So Texans 0 1 and 1 heading into the week. Now, for my fantasy folks out there, I got a couple of picks this week for you. I know the lineups are a little shaky, receiver options or pretty decent running back options not so much but if you listen to me last week maybe you picked up Pollard we'll see but Damian Pierce we just went over Damian um you know has has a chance 
to to really solidify his his lead back role there in Houston. Um, maybe a RB two option this week should help him gain some confidence. This Bears defense on the ground should have a good game. Brandon Cooks is Brandon Cooks, relatively consistent, should be in the wide receiver two range. Um, maybe flex. You're really going to have to see what's available, if there's anything else on the waiver wire, if you're really hurting. I mean, if you've got Brandon, if you got Brandon Cooks, then you uh you're playing him most likely. You probably used a pretty pretty decent draft pick on him. So you need to you need to play him. Nico Collins, if he if he can just repeat the kind of production he just had last week to at least give him a higher floor, then we can put him in the flex conversation. Nico Collins is almost a flex. I don't trust him yet. I wouldn't put him in my lineup this week, but he's almost there. He's almost there. But as far as Texans, that's that's all you're looking at. Fantasy Damian Pierce could be a decent play this week. Cooks, don't look for nothing crazy, but a decent floor. Collins, almost there. Maybe a flex, 12, 12 team leagues, 14. Depends on how deep you are. But that's all you're that's all you're gonna be seeing for fantasy production from the Texans. Now the Cowboys are not far off as 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 far as fantasy goes and just being a mess. Um if you got CD, obviously, I mean you've you've got to play him still it, it decent, decent last week with Rush. A lot of questions about what kind of feed was CD going to get from Rush with that going down? You know, is he going to stay with the target share? How's his production going to look? And so far, not mad. You know, seven for 75 last week for CD. You got to play him if you got him. Probably use a decent draft pick on him. Got to play him. Ezekiel Elliott, I'm fading that dude. He's not in my lineups. He's on the bench. I'm not getting rid of him, but he's on the bench. Flex playing deeper leagues, maybe. I just I see way more potential in Pollard. Pollard, RB2 lock. RB2 lock. Tony Pollard, way more explosive, has really been stepping up so far this season. And they need him now. They need him big time because they're, you know, there's there's just a step down from Dak. In performance so there's probably you're gonna see more check down stuff like that and that's that's pollard's bread and butter so he has the potential to get into the rb1 conversation if he keeps his current production if he if he keeps his now keep in mind let's not get too excited i mean he's he's awesome he's rb2 lock but he can get himself into the rb1 combo if he keeps up his current pace and if the if the rest of the league keeps having running back issues, I mean he's uh, may just get RB one by default. PPR Pollard is, I mean that's that's what you're looking for. PPR PPR should be good for Noah Brown too. Noah Brown, I've got him as a flex. Now his his target share 
is the biggest consideration for PPR. His rapport with Rush and a current lack of a definitive wide receiver two at Dallas has given him nothing but targets and opportunity. Um, and he's taking advantage of it. I got Noah Brown as a flex this week. I was borderline on him last week. He'll be in there trying to get his until Gallup returns, and then he's still going to be in there trying to get his because I'm not sure that Gallup returns at 100%. And when he comes back, you know, what kind of connection is he going to have with Cooper Rush? That's that's yet to be determined, but Noah Brown, a great flex for this week. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I, of course, am your host, Dane Powell. Now, we will be back next week, Sundays, 11 o'clock. We ain't going nowhere. We got more sports to talk. It isn't goodbye forever, just for now. Make sure that you head on over to simplemansports.com. You go over there, you'll be able to find videos, podcasts, social links, all of the above. All that stuff is at simplemansports.com. I appreciate y'all tuning in and I will see you next week.